Welcome to the RSA Conference StoryCorps Podcasts. Please enjoy this discussion between Ben Jun, CEO of HVF Labs, and Teresa Payton, CEO and Chief Advisor, Fortalis Solutions, LLC. Ben begins the conversation. So, Teresa, how did you first get involved with security? You know, funny enough, I started out my career in financial services, and I was on the innovation side, and I always volunteered to have customer-facing, leading-edge technologies. I wanted to be right there at that relationship. And by volunteering to be on the edge like that, I found myself, every time I made it easier for you to access your money, I also made it easier for fraudsters and cyber criminals. Uh, and then one day I got a call from the White House asking if I'd consider being a candidate to be the chief information officer for uh, Bush 43. And it's interesting because my 16 years in banking, I thought I had seen what was really going on with cybercrime and fraudsters. And after my first classified security briefing, I realized I had actually my whole career been looking through a peephole to a door of a huge, huge universe. And uh, that's when I just became determined that if the country was going to invest that kind of time and energy in training me to understand what the threats were, the emerging threats and the current threats, that uh, I was going to spend the rest of my working days doing nothing but focusing on fighting cybercrime and fraudsters. What was that pivot point where you felt like this is where I need to be and focused on solving these problems? I met Paul Kotcher because we hired him to check my work. I was in grad school. I wasn't sure I wanted to finish the Ph.D., I went to visit Paul, and he showed me that of all these computer, uh, excuse me, all these security devices he was looking at, smart cards and things, um, we could measure the amount of power consumed by these devices. And just by looking at the EKG of these devices while they were operating, basically, we could extract the keys from these cards. And as you know, in banking, this is a very serious issue. If you can extract the key from a smart card, you might as well not have it. You can clone the card. You can do a lot of bad stuff. So there was basically a table full of these devices. He looked at me and said, Let's go and change this industry. Let's go clean this up. Um, come work with us and, and let's fix this problem. What, what do you see as some of the biggest challenges? Security is about building something which isn't going to have a problem in the face of, of threats that are kind of amorphous, unknown. Generally speaking, you have to be safe for many years in advance. And so when you have this kind of very fuzzy goal, it's really hard to align yourself and know how much is enough. That is very, very challenging. Um, the other part is that a lot of security is in the cracks. Uh, most security defects occur in between major components. So, you know, the wheel is unlikely to fail in a car. The car body is unlikely to fail. But that junction between the two is more likely to have problems because, um, one, because there's stuff going on. Two, because the two people, uh, they really had to have communicated extremely well and made sure they'd filled in all the gaps when they, when they sort of mated those two components together. The problem is not enough people thinking about these different aspects of the system. And it's hard to train people to think that way because, again, we like to think about certain disciplines and silos. So I used to think that security was this extreme specialty that only we could think about how to turn the world on its head and, and that involved hiring people from college and training them well. And I now think it means finding people who are just fanatically interested in corner cases and how stuff fails. Um, and the reality is only about a third of people care about that stuff. The other two-thirds want to go do something else. And we got to find that third of the population and decide how to use them in security. It's my humble opinion on this, that if we can find a way to show people what a difference security makes in your life, 
I think we can really motivate people who might want to do something else. I have three daughters, and it's my hope that they can find engaging careers um, where they do think they can make a difference. Um, you know, one big thing for me is how to teach them to be independent. I started this uh, summer camp called Mad Science Academy for eight-year-olds. Um, and it started with watching some of my friends' kids get bullied and realizing that I couldn't be there to help them all the time. But what I could do was teach them how to not worry about that so much because they could be independent on their own. So we got four eight-year-olds. Uh, we went on these sort of independent expeditions in and around the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, we would designate one of them. They would be the treasurers. I would hand them $100 and say, this, here's $100. Don't lose it. Here's some worksheets for you to account for it. I'll ask for you again at 5 o'clock today. You know, you're the navigator. These kinds of things that are really kind of simple, but we as at least this helicopter parent generation don't know how to do that with our children. What's the hardest thing to kind of translate into kids speak when, they, when you try to help them navigate the digital world? I, I think my, my biggest piece of advice that I would give to kids is, because I've helped so many kids with revenge porn and the bullying, um, kids who you know, were depressed because of what was going on online, I don't want another victim. I don't want another kid to commit suicide over this um, or girls to think their life is over. Um, it's really hard. Um, so for kids, what I would say is your life online, you need to um, shine your light. Be positive. And if you're in a bad mood or you're upset with somebody, take it offline. That's where it belongs. But when you're online, show your bright side and let that light shine because it's going to encourage others. And, and that's how you can deal with sort of the emotions of growing up and not make mistakes online and not hurt other people online. I really like that phrase, that online is where you show your bright side and you take the other stuff off. And the other message I would want to have parents and kids to take away from this is, I know it feels awful while you're going through it. Step away from the internet. It's going to pass. Um, reach out to an adult that you trust. Tell them either that you made a mistake or that something is harmful or hurtful to you online and let the adults get involved and take care of it. Uh, thank you for the impact that you're making on the world and, and for my kids. I love what you're doing, and, um, and I want your daughters to have a positive, you know, awesome you know, kind of digital persona and enjoy the power and the kind of the mind-expanding potential that the Internet brings. Um, so thank you for what you've been doing with that camp. And we, we need to talk more because I'd love to see that go national. We do need to talk more. And I think... You know, ultimately, I think we've both figured out that the way we can make the most impact is by working with kids that are not our own. And uh, that's, that makes me feel great that other people are doing the same thing. Thanks, Teresa. Thank you for listening to this RSA Conference StoryCorps podcast. It was produced by RSA Conference with interviews recorded by StoryCorps, a national nonprofit whose mission is to provide Americans of all backgrounds and beliefs with the opportunity to record, share, and preserve the stories of our lives www.storycore.org.